Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game-changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanicure. Manny 20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed, our Bakta Tank of Talk. Dive into the Bakta Tank with us. I'll think through that before I say it again. Anyway, happy to be here doing one of our deep 
Dive Episodes. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Cat Napsock. I'm swimming in the deep end with you, my friend. <laughs> it's just, it was meant to be like a really uh, calming image. And then I just pictured this like just massive pool mm-hmm. <laughs> of bakta. And then I asked, is that healthy for like hundreds of people to be swimming in? I don't know. I don't know. The intention uh, was was good. Uh, put it that way. Anyway, enough about Bakta. Let's move on to what we're actually talking about this episode. We are thrilled to finally be able to start discussing Star Wars visions. Um, this is, of course, the the Star Wars, uh, several short Star Wars pieces, stories, uh from all Japanese anime studios uh, released on Disney+. Plus, uh, We are going to talk about the first four of these uh, shorts. And then uh, next week on our deep dive, we will talk about the remainder. But before we get into all of that, we want to remind you that, as always, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we're recommending Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland, the latest, greatest High Republic book. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash forcecenter for your free audiobook. Ken, that is not all. That is not all. We have another offer, Inside Editions. Publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books is offering 35% off across their website. If you use this special link, InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we're recommending the Inside Editions book, The Lightsaber Collection. Again, use the link InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC35. Great book. We recommend it. And you, there might be some uh, additions from Star Wars Visions that we need to put in that book <laughs> after some cool designs uh, that we're going to be talking about today. So uh, there you go. Deal for all of you. Yeah, so check out that lightsaber collection because I think we're going to say the word lightsaber a few times as we discuss uh, Visions Part 1, as we're calling it, because we're dividing it up. Uh, It's, of course, available on Disney Plus right now. We were lucky to get some screeners so we could re-watch them and record a little bit of ahead of time. I uh, can't wait to be able to watch these uh, on, on the big screen and enjoy them all again for the first time on the big screen. Nine total episodes of Visions, Ken, each around 15 to 20 minutes. And we want to dive into them all. But again, we're just starting with that first four so we can really sink our teeth into them. And we will discuss the other five next week so we can really give them their due. Ken, I want to start off with just some general questions about this uh, project. Uh, We talked about it a lot as it was uh, being announced. Trailer came out. Now that you've got to see the first four, what is your overall reaction? I think my overall reaction is this is a giant victory for all involved. Uh, I was... So not sure what we we're going to get, even after the trailers and the art and all the cool things we broke down and what it might mean. And is that a Boba Fett ship? No, it turns out it's just Boba Fett. Uh, all those kind of things. <laughs> um, I, did, I still didn't know what to expect. I really didn't. And each time I pressed play, I was glued to like finding out this world and finding out fast these little short films. Uh, they don't need to spend a lot of time, or they can't spend a lot of time on the world building. So you get it's one or two lines, and you're in, and you're in the story. And a lot of it's just based on what you know. And so I had a fun experience watching them. I think there's a lot of wonderful things in in them. I can't wait to discuss. I will say this up top, if you allow me, Joseph, a pre-apology or a pre-just hey, uh, g- give me a little leeway. 
Uh, there's so many cool concepts. I I found myself while watching it saying, oh my, what, what if that was to be like in a, in a Star Wars movie or just be in Star Wars? And that can be very unintentionally, maybe even intentionally disrespect, disrespectful to those creating them as if I was to say, great idea. Give me that and let me put it in my Star Wars. No, this, <laughs> I, I so a, a couple of times I might even mess up and say, oh yeah, I'd love to see a movie. I, I, I want to acknowledge it so I'm not sounding... <laughs> too disrespectful because i love some of the concepts here today and that just means they they're wonderful and inspiring and that maybe these creators could help put stuff like this into uh official star wars canon because that was a big debate coming into visions right uh no canon no canon which by the way i think was a benefit to this uh series so far uh so anyways that's kind of my overall thing really enjoyed what i watched yeah, well, I want to start um, my overall discussion by just reacting to what you're saying. I think that's so great, and it's almost like we need language for it. Like, um, these are Star Wars stories, right? Um, yeah. They're real, they exist, they're valid. There's a difference between just a Star Wars story of any kind and what we are kind of considering modern canon Star Wars, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe talking about modern canon um, makes the most sense for, for when we want to express that. Uh, there's also for me a little bit of there's difference between ideas that you can find a plenty in books and comics and then kind of seeing those ideas on screen. So that's another differentiation for me because um, there are a lot of things like, yeah, that that design is cool. That tech is cool. Uh, that would be great to see on the big screen in canon Star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like a thing in particular that like that like just lit up in my mind because I know it has been dealt with a lot in books and sometimes comics, but it's one of those things that I've always wanted to see just really torn into on screen is the relationship between music, entertainment, and gangsters, you know? Yes. And that one of these is just about that idea that's just right there, ready to be plucked, low-hanging Star Wars fruit. Um, and it was so great to see it on screen. And, it, and that, that was the idea that made me go like, I want to see that in here in this wonderful Star Wars story, but also in modern canon Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for clarifying, Ed, and yeah, and that uh, I'm not alone. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I just want to be able to phrase it uh, correctly. Right, right, right. It would be very easy to, you know, accidentally say, uh, I want to see this in real Star Wars or proper Star Wars, and that's not what we mean, right? I don't want him coming and be like, yoink, let me have that. That's not what I mean. Exactly, exactly. I think my overall reaction, I, I was just uh, really blown away. These were exactly what I hoped they would be in, in terms of the range of ideas. Uh, I really like that these are both powerful and fun. These are uh, just these four episodes across the arc of them. They are really latching on to what I keep referring to as kind of like the tension of Star Wars. There's the uh, adventure serial with all the... Um, uh, just the aesthetic of Star Wars being joyful and weird and fun and sometimes even silly. Uh, and then there's just this absolute depth of myth and how do you recover from loss? And is there any good way to fight a war? All these huge, deep ideas. And just these first four uh, reveled in both of those those pillars of Star Wars, you know? Mm, yeah, uh, big things at play and uh, the, the sp despite being short films, the speed of some of them... Uh, particularly the first episode one, episode four in this, they, they were slow and contemplative for, for short films. That's a, that's a hard trick to pull off. Not that the other ones didn't have great moments of reflection and introspection, but the, those ones too just it allowed me to kind of think everything that's going through and things you're talking about, the, the right way to fight wars, if there's at all, right? Big questions, big Star Wars questions. So I love the, the atmosphere that they created. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Indeed. Uh, 
So, uh, sorry, <laughs> we got in an accident, uh, accidental cycle of just a green for a second, which just is fine and good. Hey, <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. We've been recording remotely for over a year and a half, and we only have a couple times <laughs> where the break, but, uh, breaks get pressed, and we uh, don't know the other person doing it. Yes, it happens time to time. Um, yeah, I think the other big picture thing for me is just it was so great to see uh, when a, a lot of different creators interpret Star Wars, the different ways they engage with it. Because sometimes it's visually, sometimes it's thematically, sometimes it's sound design, sometimes it's music, you know, just the different ways that Star Wars was meshing with different ideas of anime, right? Of some of sometimes uh, there's real Star Wars music. Sometimes there's much more traditional anime music and mm. Just a really fun way to look at Star Wars by seeing what different creators go like, well, if I'm making a Star Wars, I got to have this in it. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, I, and I wanted some, I loved hearing some of the Star Wars like, uh, but some of the more effective bits were the songs that just it, it didn't sound like nothing like Star Wars before. It worked really well. And I was even surprised uh, by that for myself because, you know. We love the music. Even even Mandalorian, we when when a familiar theme pops in, which doesn't happen happen often, you're like, "Ooh, Star Wars music!" So uh, I, I enjoyed the the use of music in this as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, final big picture thing for me, and maybe it'll pop up a little bit as we we talk about it, but just really enjoying the cultural reinterpretation, the complete circle, right, of uh, Lucas being inspired by a lot of Japanese storytelling uh, and now um, Japanese storytellers riffing on Star Wars, that circle. And it's really interesting to see kind of what ideas are just like, yep, no, that the, these ideas are, uh, they make sense in the context of Star Wars and in the context of of this uh, cultural storytelling telling traditions and then there's some moments where it feels like well this storytelling tradition that is that is very uh essential to anime is like we're doing that you know and it sits well with star wars but it isn't exactly star wars yeah some fun uh fun little easter eggs uh, even a wilheim screen all that kind of stuff like take definitely inspired with star wars but i think they did such a good job i got lost in a few of them and, and was no longer looking for the connections or feeling you know just was like the story itself uh so the circle is complete as you would say yeah, yeah. Final question for you, Ken. We're getting to watch these on the uh, the screeners, but very soon they're releasing. Uh, well, by the time this is released, they will be on Disney Plus, which is why we're talking about them. Uh, but they're released in this binge style, which just all episodes. Uh, how do you feel about that? I think for this particular project, it worked very well. A lot of them, uh, I keep saying, short films with their shorter episodes. I think it 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 takes some of the pressure off of them that would that star wars programming would just no doubt face right and and these are going to face it too where it's just like expectations interest debate discourse all those things that can kind of get us down and grumpy but i just think if you were doing it one at a time if one particular episode didn't hit particularly if it's early on in the, the run you'd have a week of eh, 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 and and i just think this project needed to just come out and be uh, live and breathe on its own and be engaged with on its own on its own time and the binge really worked because i've been on a old grumpy man is happy to see shows come out weekly again friends <laughs> like i'm grace and i even debate she's a binger she wants that i'm like well of course yeah you're young whippersnapper we waited for cheers every week <laughs> and i think it's valuable for some of the big properties mcu and and lucasfilm uh star wars stuff to, to uh, be allowed to have that time to simmer uh this one i'm glad uh, it all came out at once yeah, totally agree. I think for like serialized narrative, uh, there's cliffhangers. What's Mando going to be up to next? Uh, I think it is great to be week by week, but it really made sense for me for this because the 
each individual short has its its absolute power, but it is also like uh, this thing that's uh, almost more the sum of its parts uh, gives it power to see like here's the range of ideas. So to be able to just go through the range of ideas in is many or as few sittings as you want is really powerful. Yeah, and again, if it were longer, I think it would work. But I think just being able to sit in, again, just for us right now, the first four episodes, but just be able to sit in that mood and atmosphere created by all of them uh, worked for me. Yeah, and quick question for you, and then we're going to get into the individual uh, uh, shorts. Um, did you watch all of them, or did you just watch the first four that we're talking about today? I just watched the first four, quite frankly, because of time. <laughs> um, I was having enough fun that I probably I had I had that thought of should I just go ahead? But uh, with you and I, uh, you know, we have some busy schedules going on sometimes in life. Who doesn't out there? But uh, <laughs> I just stuck to the four. Yeah, same thing. So uh, please, no listeners, I'm sure many listeners are going to be able to just binge them all. Uh, we've watched the first four episodes. We have not watched the last five, which we will, uh, and get to discuss them all next week. So with that, let's dive into the first episode, episode one, The Duel, uh, created by the animation studio Kamikaze Duga, I believe. Uh, let's go into that. Ken, what was your Big picture reaction uh, to this short. Did you like it? Love it? Struggle with it? Where are you at? I, I think at the end of the day, I, I and I just had the benefit of rewatching this one twice and found myself really loving, we talk about atmospheres and moods, really loving what this one did with the tone of, of this probably entire series going forward, but also with this circle is complete thing we keep talking about. I thought as someone, and I am not completely steeped in both uh, the anime and Japanese film history like others are. I know the influence on in Star Wars. We get it. We discuss it. I, I even did a couple years at like film school. We watched some Kurosawa films. I just not an expert in it. Uh, and that's what, this is just me being honest. But this one with the black and white, the Ronin, the more uh, maybe classic samurai style and vibe to this one, the wandering Ronin, the, the samurai hidden town. It just had a look and the feel of maybe some of the clips of a Kurosawa film you might have uh, seen all your life and, and how that just flows so powerfully into Star Wars that I really gravitated to the tone and the look that was presented by this one. Yeah, uh, I think we're on the same page on this one. Uh, this is, I absolutely loved this one. Uh, this one might be uh, my favorite. Uh, the lucky thing is, that's fun to say, but then I don't need to have favorites. They can all be my favorite, but I really, <laughs> I really loved this one. This one really spoke to me. It, it's so great to start it off with a such a direct you know, if Kurosawa made Star Wars, <laughs> not if they were yep. just, you know, uh, in this uh, current circle, uh, obviously Kurosawa influenced Star Wars, but now we're in this great circle and just like, well, what if it just was the absolutely Kurosawa made Star Wars? Mm -hmm. um, I, like you, I am not an expert by any means. I relatively recently watched uh, Seven Samurai and this that's the, the film that this one seemed to be uh, riffing on most prominently. And I thought it was just kind of great that this is sort of jumping into the middle of a Star Wars version of Seven Samurai, which is funny since Star Wars has done at least two riffs directly on, yeah. on Seven Samurai, Clone Wars and The Mandalorian. Uh, but just I love that that was like literally not just the aesthetic, the influence, the themes, but the actual plot of like we're jumping into the middle where the villagers have already found some people to defend them. <laughs> yeah. And there's some cool Star Wars aliens. But then wait, there's this other twist of the yeah. Ronin. Um, so I really love that. The other thing that I love big picture about the duel is for, uh, years, uh, here on four center, uh, myself and you as well have been on about the power of star Wars being a tip of the iceberg storytelling mm -hmm. where, you know, 
everything you need to know to follow the main plot, but then you get little glimpses of other adventures that you could explore. Everything from mentioning the Clone Wars in the first film to Ward Mantell to what is the Battle of Tanab to what does that technology do to, you know, how does that cantina even survive financially? <laughs> like, you know, everything in Star Wars and particularly the big screen has this great, I'm enjoying the story I'm watching now, and it is making me want to watch a thousand more stories. And the duel here was perhaps the best tip of the iceberg Star Wars storytelling I have ever seen, uh, to the point where it clearly worked on Lucasfilm since they commissioned a novel based on it. Yes. And you know what's so funny? I, I We had summaries of some of these episodes, and I knew that that novel was coming, and I kind of had disconnected from all that information. I didn't even go look it up to be like, oh, which one was this? It totally makes sense. So you're, you're kind of like refreshing my brain right now, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because I absolutely want to see this story continue or no more, no more, more than any of the stories. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's a great point. Yeah, so it clearly it clearly worked. And yes, that is the novel. I'm scrolling down here to my notes. Uh, Ronin by Emma Miko Kandon is out October 12th. There's a great uh, synopsis uh, that, that lets you know that some of the things that are mysterious in this short are meant to be mysterious. And maybe we'll learn more about them in the novel, or maybe it will be more great tip of the iceberg storytelling. Uh, so I also want to be sure to, to focus in just on the animation style as well, because that's where these shorts get their great variety. Um, how did you feel about this animation style? I think, um, I think, I'm trying to think, the other ones, I have I have thoughts on every one of them, uh, and it's all, they're all relatively positive. This one was, I had I had to choose to engage with it a little bit in the sense of like again I hear I'm talking I love the style of the black and white and everything but I this was the first one and I sat down with a bowl of pasta I'm like let what are we watching and it I I was I wanted I don't know I I I I, I sound like I'm negative but I I just can't explain it fully Joseph just like I I was waiting for everything to pop and I think the other ones kind of grabbed me a little bit more at the big imagery and everything and this one uh the 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 almost like the the ink moving on my screen. Uh, it took me a little bit to engage with it. The second viewing, I wasn't focused on that. I, I was focused on what I was hearing uh, more than even what I was seeing, the dialogue, the atmosphere, the mood, the music. So um, this was probably my, I'll say the least favorite style of these four, but also the right choice to launch it, launch the series. I know I'm uh, all across dark and light side with that comment. <laughs> no, no, no. You are, you are wrestling with your honest feelings, which is great. Um, and we should have some sort of uh, Star Wars sound effect that goes off for the rare occasions where we're not entirely on the same page. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> uh, this this is probably my favorite uh, of the aesthetics as well, of the animation. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what spoke to me about it is uh, maybe just from my own life experience, you know, going to um, art school and, and, and drawing a lot as a, as a kid, that this great kinetic energy of it looking almost sketched right right um it is is very precision animation but it has that animation style that is obviously it is utter precision but it makes you feel like this just came flowing exploding out of someone uh, mm -hmm. like just an, a rough idea that happens to be beautiful uh, and perfect and then the fact that it it, it uh, i wonder if some people dislike this but it, that it went so far to connect star wars kurosawa to film to the point where there are like scratches on it right like like right. you're watching an old film i really love that aesthetic to just drive home like yeah this is what we're doing and we know it <laughs> yeah. and we want you to know it 
But I think there was, there was a part of me that so much of this story, uh, Kurosawa, the, the, the parts of Star Wars that were influenced by that, are all about this sort of melancholy feeling that there's there's been huge power, there's been huge conflict, and now we're in the time right after that conflict where maybe the great power that used to be is disappearing. Mm. And it's just got this feeling of that there are older things that have great power and they're right on the edge of us forgetting about them, but then they come roaring back to life. And at this point in in our experience, you know, uh, you and I still remember, I'm sure many people still remember, hey, you, you used to go to the theater and all of the films would look like this with scratches and little jumps, right? Uh, and, and there's that that sense of the old that is getting old enough now to start to verge on being forgotten, but it's roaring back to life. And the fact that the aesthetic of it mirrored that thematic idea of the characters and the narrative was just gangbusters to me. I mean, I got no counter to that. <laughs> I'm gonna punch back uh, on that. No, and 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 here you describe with the, yeah with the scratches in the film, and there was a uh, all the way through. Just a, it it had it had history. It had time to it. Um, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. again. I said I, I you know the second viewing, you're not held you're not held up on things. Uh, I and I still think it was the right choice to start the entire show. Um, but well said on why you love it. I'm struggling to explain why I didn't fully gravitate to it. So I'm just going to move on. Watch <laughs> it again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like, so you felt like the animation, you were distracted by it. So it made it harder for you to get into the narrative. It, it, it made me want, nah, see, it made me want to just like kick it up in a high gear. That said, wait till I wait till I discuss uh, the other episodes, uh, the third one, where I thought it was a little too loud and too fast. <laughs> okay, so, so you're almost talking about just sort of like pacing. It, it it's it slowed things down almost too much. But again, I love slow roasted things. I love the reflection. I I did not want the Ronin himself to move any faster than he did because it was very <laughs> purposeful, uh, very thoughtful, very reflective. I think when I'm sitting down. And the things in the back of my head from even the trailers or the promotional posters, I was like, okay, this is tremendously, um, wonderfully uh, artistic, artsy, and um, I don't know if I wanted this at this time. Um, Got it. That makes sense. But then once, but then the black and white versus the, the color of the red, I mean, yeah, that's effective. That's, that's, uh, that, that, that obviously works for me. Um, awesome. But second time around, I already know what I came after and I'm okay. Excellent. Well, I think we'll learn even more by getting to discuss the aesthetics of, of all these shorts. So uh, moving on to uh, in our discussion of the duel, uh, what kind of big Star Wars ideas or themes or, or even just aesthetics uh, did it really speak to for you? Like what what parts of this did you feel like, ah, there's that thing from Star Wars that's being reinterpreted? There was this idea for me that I took as like a, a, a tortured redemption tour. Mm hmm. <laughs> really love that line. Unfortunately. I am not a Jedi and what that might mean. And we're clearly going to get more of the story. Maybe, maybe. Um, but that, I was really, really intrigued by that idea and what that meant to this possibly being a Sith or Sith like person going around writing the wrongs of the Sith, uh, collecting the Kyber crystals, the red Kyber crystals, the, whether or not they're blood or not, doesn't matter. That's what they represent. Uh, and, 
and even that line of giving up to the to the young chief of the, of the village, right? Of just you know, this this will ward off evil. And my thought of just like, what does that even actually mean? You know, you hold it up as evil has no place here. It doesn't belong here. We defeat it. Like there was just a lot about that that uh, worked for me. We, 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 a lot of people, you know, I wish Kylo had lived or Ben had lived, but then, hey, he would have had to maybe actually deal with making amends. And there's something about that that I found in this story. Absolutely. That For me, that was the the big thing too. this the absolute sense of regret and maybe possibility of redemption, or it almost felt to me like whether uh, the Ronin was a, a fallen Jedi or had always been a Sith and had, mm-hmm. had changed his mind, uh, you know, kind of those, I love that there's room for interpretation or, or assumptions that, that we can make as, as fans because the emotions come across clearly that it seems like the actions were those of somebody who wants redemption, but it didn't feel like emotionally Ronan achieved any sense of emotional peace. It just like he did what he thought was right, you know, but it, it mm-hmm. didn't actually get him to where he needed, he wants to be emotionally. Right. Yeah. There was a great line. I think, Oh, you're so humble. Or we're doing this. And it's like, yeah, he was almost unaffected, right? Just it, it, affected by them and affected by giving them, giving up the Kyber crystal was, um, was an example of that, but just like, yeah, leaving town with his uh, straw hat droid, which I love that design, but just leaving town because the pain was still there and he's got to go keep, keep on going. And I love your idea of maybe a fallen Jedi versus just straight Sith or something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, I want to know more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that that we don't we don't know can be fun. Um, I think I really liked this idea with him. This big Star Wars idea of you know how do you choose to use your power? Because whatever came before, he's making a choice now. You know, and we get that great reveal that he's all these crystals. So it invites us to act, ask the question of: Is this his life's purpose? Is he actively hunting? Or is he simply wandering? Uh, he is. He is describes uh, himself, or, or is described as a simple wanderer. Yeah. Uh, so there's that real like. Uh, there's a kind of a return to um, this idea of the Jedi and maybe even the Sith as this nomadic concept of mm. we simply wander from place to place, and then when we see something happen, uh, we choose or don't choose to engage with it. Yeah, you know what's funny about that? Because this connects, this this one more than any other ones really connects to Star Wars 77, even to the point where there's like a, there's like a poster, right? Kind of yeah. in the wall, carved in the wall. Love that. And this is almost what I thought, oh, the Jedi were after hearing Obi-Wan, old Ben talk about them. You know, I wasn't thinking orders and temples and generals mm-hmm. for sure. Like, this is how I viewed them growing up for a while. It's one of the big things that I think our generation bumped up against in the prequels is I think we all just kind of made that assumption from the way things were said, even the way, you know, Obi-Wan talks about when I first met Anakin, I thought I could train him as well as Yoda. You really got the vibe that Obi-Wan bumped into Yoda, he trained him, and then Obi-Wan's like, I can train people, I bumped into Anakin, I'll train him, <laughs> you know, yeah. that it was a nomadic existence. Uh, and the fact that this does return to it, even with a poster to almost signal that is really powerful. And, and I think it it ties to, um, you know, certainly in Seven Samurai that that is a story about, you know, th- this is in a period in between wars. And what does that mean yeah. to be it, when everything is fractured uh, and the warriors still remain, but they're not really fighting a war? You know, who are they? What are they? What are they for? Um, that obviously then speaks to this more nomadic idea of for sensitive people. And all of it just uh, pours into, to me, this question of, you know, when do you choose to use that power? 
and why do you make the choices that you do? And in the Ronin in this is so fascinating because he seems to be making the choice because it is sort of the right thing to do, but there is also a little bit of like, you help me with my droid. I'll help you uh, defend your village. Also, I've got a thing where anytime I see a Sith, I stop them. And there's the big twist that I love is that, that, it's such a, it appears to be a Jedi, right? There mm-hmm. it appears to be such honor, but the way that he finishes off the Sith is, is not honorable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a great fighting, by the way, a great duel, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So, so I just, I love all of that, uh, that complexity. Only other kind of big thing for me is just, uh, pops up a lot in these, but that real Star Wars spirit of everyone matters, right? Everyone in the village matters. Uh, mm-hmm. the droid matters. The droid is not less than the droid is his, uh, seems to be his only true companion, you know? Uh, so I really like that feeling as well. Uh, yeah. And I, I love this. You, you talk about the post-war and how, uh, I, I love that reveal. It's after the war, you got Raiders, which you've seen that, uh, you know, Mando has some of that going on too. And, and so, uh, uh, the, what you're talking about with the big choices of what you do after all this and, and how, what you fight for still matters, who you fight for still matters. Even if there's no war on, that's, that's good stuff for this tale. Yeah. And it also, uh, really makes it so there isn't, uh, you know, sort of some ambiguity of like, well, these two villages are fighting. Like, <laughs> uh, this is a Sith and stormtroopers are like, we go town to town and we unjustly, greedily take things <laughs> from other people. Yeah, you know, there's there's no ambiguity there, which is uh, fun. Uh, any other like favorite little moments that you wanted to mention? Well, first of all, I'll start, uh, Lucy Liu on the the uh, English dubbed uh, version there. Lucy Liu in Star Wars. Something I think I, I think I've mentioned before in the show of of one her. Around we knew some of the cast before these episodes were out, but just to actually hear her and uh, hear her do her do her thing. I'm a big fan of the first Kill Bill. Um, uh, loved hearing that. Loved seeing her in that. Uh, and then the, the Ronan stopping the blade with like his hands. Mm, right. Ah, that was uh, that was Star Wars cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In in the first time that he ignited his blade in the shock, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, yeah, love that poster detail in the village. Uh, the Trandoshan Defender, that was really, really fun. Uh, I just liked him yeah. aesthetically. And I really liked when he yelled, when they realized it was a Sith, don't engage in close combat. It, and that was like that was one of those moments of like, I would like to hear that in this wonderful story, but also in modern canon Star Wars, because that is perhaps the most tactically sound thing ever said. <laughs> <laughs> just pepper the Sith with blaster fire from far away. Do not get close. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And then uh, I personally love the the lightsaber umbrella of death. Uh, you know, it, it is over the top. But to me, that's like, that's the point. There's no ambiguity of just this is like, to me, it's like this, this great visual exaggeration of the Sith. You know, uh, the Sith are greedy. They want more. And if anybody challenges them, you know, Palpatine's whole career is, uh, I know, I know what I'll do. Uh, I'll build a big gun. Oh, I'll build a bigger gun. Oh, I'll build a bunch of little big guns. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, it's always more for fear. And the, the lightsaber umbrella is both cool and just kind of uh, conceptually makes sense to me. And practical if you want to bat away the rain, I, I would think. Here's <laughs> the thing. Uh, this is where the, the, the series really benefits by not being tied to any canon and not having to answer those questions. Um, I love, I've grown to really 
love parts of the Inquisitor story. Not all of the Inquisitors being around works for me, but I I, I really enjoy them, right? And and uh, the, the the helicopter blades is not something I enjoy too much. There's bigger fish to fry in life and in Star Wars, so <laughs> I, I don't worry about them. But so there I am, grumpy on that side of it. And then they fly with them over here. The umbrella lightsaber pops up, and I'm not worried about any Wikipedia entries I'm going to have to answer in a trivia question <laughs> a contest or anything like that. I just loved it. I loved it because it was it was so over the top, but it worked, and it worked for that character, and it worked for the moment, and even the guy, the the villager at the end, getting getting it like, oh yeah, I got a lightsaber umbrella. Um, <laughs> it worked for me, and there there that was the here's the first the first episode. I'm like, yeah, you know what? We we are we are on a new path. I don't need to worry about anything other than just what I'm seeing and whether I enjoy it or not. And I enjoyed that one. Yeah, because it is just the Star Wars spirit of why not. Let's play. Let's push it. Let's see what's over there. You know, it, it turns out it's a umbrella of death. <laughs> well, th- this episode, episode had a lot of, um, and again, probably back maybe to that design you, you're, you're talking about uh, so well up top, but it's like the rolling ADAT comes in where it's like the top of the ADAT kind of on wheels, like no legs. It's kind of the similar design. And it was this, this episode more than even the other ones was like, what if we just made the concept art? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I really love that. That's a great point. Um, we could talk about this one all day, uh, but we are going to move on to the next one. Are you good with that, Ken? I am, sir. All right. Uh, the second short film, Tatooine Rhapsody by the animation studio, Studio Colorado. Ken, what was your reaction to this episode? Like it? Love it? Struggle with it? Want to be a groupie for the band? Where you at? Yes, man. I don't know if this uh, surprises people, especially here in uh, maybe some internal debate for me so far. Uh, this is my favorite one so far. <laughs> wow. One I absolutely loved uh, the most. Um, I say this, I'm going to say this very carefully, say this very respectfully. I don't know how much I'm going to rewatch the other ones. I don't know. This has that kind of vibe for me. If this was awesome, great. It'll always be there if I want. I don't know if I'm going to fire up the duel uh, while I'm working out or something like that, like I do with a Star Wars movie or something like that, right? And that's just me being honest. But guess what? Tattooing Rhapsody. I've already watched it three times. I want to download the song. I want figure. I want toys from this one. This one won me over almost right from the start. And is this because uh, now we're gonna we'll get into the big Star Wars ideas, but before we get into that, I want to get into the big Ken Knapsack ideas. Oh, that's is, this, <laughs> is this because it marries two of your great loves of, of Star Wars and you know um, and not just rock, but a specific kind of rock, a specific era of rock that you maybe perhaps even DJed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has some, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, some mid nineties, uh, Japanese infused rock and, 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 uh, there's some great bands again, going for whatever reason, going to, uh, kill bill was the, the, the 88s. I forget the name now. Yeah. So I think the crazy 88, crazy 88. Yeah. I, I, I do love that. But also that when this project was first announced, I, like I said, not a, I'm just not knowledgeable on, on, on anime stuff as much, but I grew up with the uh, Robotech in the 80s, which is a 100% Americanized version of the story of everything about it. I don't want, I don't want to make people confused, like, uh, you know, watching Cowboy Bebop or anything like that, which, by the way, it's all, all that stuff's great uh, for those that love it, like our friend Andres Cambrera, Emma Fife, those kind of folks. But when this project was first announced, was, this is what I envisioned them all looking like. <laughs> and if you're a fan on any level, watch Robotech, music factors into that show all through the seasons music is one of the characters named Bowie, Bowie Grant. Like they're all there 
Uh, the music is all there uh, from Min May singing and, and uh, Lancer, the great Lancer in uh, the, the next generation story. So I just, I just thought, Oh great. We're going to get some rock music, some weird, like random singing as a weapon. <laughs> like we're going to get all of this. Uh, and, and so therefore this one kind of, kind of hit me in that way. And look, there's some very familiar things, obviously not just Boba Fett, but Tamara Morrison is Boba Fett. Uh, the, the, you know, it was like a bunch, it was a roll call of great Kenner figures and looks uh, maybe that, maybe because it was, you know, a, most, most directly attached to something I know, eh, maybe, but beyond that, I just love the vibe. This was so fun. Yeah. I mean, I think I really, really like this one. Um, I, I have no qualms with it. It's just a, you know, how much of a, how much do I gravitate towards specific ones or not because of different interests. And there's a ton that I loved about this one. Uh, I love that it did represent a, a different uh, kind of uh, animation, the, the sort of the, the anime style that is like, let's have fun. Let's go. There's dark things in it, right? Like we actually see some pretty dark, scary things. So it's not like just fluff by any means, but it's responding to these quick glimpses of absolute horror by going fun, joy. <laughs> Let's yeah. find hope any way we can in the animation style. Uh, everything really uh, supports that. It was also really fascinating to see uh, w one of the short films that was like, hell yes, we would like to revisit all of the greatest hits of Star Wars, right? It's got a Wilhelm scream. It's got a, I've got a bad feeling about this. It's got Boba Fett. It's got, you know, Jedi. It's got a, a greatest hits of every character uh, on Tatooine, yep. <laughs> right? It is so into Star Wars. Like this one feels like, just like the band is excited about uh, making music. Uh, this anime studio, these creators are like, we love Star Wars and we want to roll around in it. Yeah, and oddly enough, of all these we've seen so far, it might be the easiest one to just slip into modern canon, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh man, that would be very interesting. I look forward to the band wars. Um, so how you talked a little bit about this animation style reminding you of uh, Robotech. Uh, in general, you, you're a big fan of it, right? The, this animation style. Yeah, and oddly enough, actually, the, the fourth episode probably has more direct design connections to Robotech. By that, I just mean classic kind of 80s Japanese style animation. But uh, this one just... The vibe, the kind of the, the smaller bodies and bigger heads on the, like, I really want a Boba Fett from this, an action figure from this line. Like, I really want a bunch of, like, kind of Funko Pop looking figures from this. So it just, it just, I, I, I smiled all the way through this. And like I said, I've watched this one more than the other ones already. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. I, yeah. I'd love to see the the different styles. And, and I really like that this is a little bit more on the uh, the playful style, uh, the fun, the bright. I have watched such a weird smattering of uh, anime. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it, it reminds me of uh, of some of the ones that, that I've watched that are a little bit more about, you know, a young person discovers power and then they try to kind of figure it out with some friends and, you know, less the heavy epic, uh, but more the the, uh, well, I got some power. Let's figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it worked really well for the story. So what sort of big Star Wars ideas or themes uh, did this one speak to for you? I, I, I focused on what I would call purpose and then repurpose, belief and dreaming. The line that uh, the droid uh, character, I forget the name, Shelby Young's character saying, you know, ultimately we're just a band and how that said kind of with some slump shoulders early and this thing, they want to save their friend, Geezer, Bobby Moynihan, voicing uh, him on the English uh, cast uh, side. Um, 
and then how that's like, no, that's who we are. That's our purpose. And kind of, you know, we, the, our, our lead singer here having this Jedi past or what's something going on there. And, and just using who you are and who you are is enough to save the day or to make an impact and the connections of friends and, and, you know, the concept of a band, usually you're so close, right? I mean, I just like that line. Ultimately we're just a band and it's like, yeah, we're just a band. And that's how we're going to win the day. And I just love that. And the song Galactic uh, Dreaming or whatever. It's, yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I really, really loved like there's all these fun details uh, in the story. But once it all kind of snapped into place for me, because, you know, you'd seen these flashes like, OK, how does this all connect? Where's this all going? And when it snapped into place, it was so beautiful. Uh, this idea, big Star Wars idea of you choose your destiny. It is not what everybody else tells you you have to be uh, based on circumstance or appearance or blood or whatever it is and the fact that this appears to me to be a story you know really explicitly the the engine of the plot is like this hut's supposed to be a gangster <laughs> yeah not in a band right so that's what you're supposed to do so uh, go do it or else you know yeah. uh and then with the lead singer it really uh, felt to me like the story was he's a he's a padawan who survived order 66 mm -hmm. and and can't even tried to be a Jedi because his lightsaber doesn't really work anymore. So this idea of like, well, I'm supposed to be a gangster. I'm supposed to be a Jedi. Who knows what all the other characters are supposed to be? And them saying, screw it, we're a band, <laughs> is a great statement on, on choosing your own destiny. And then to your point about, oh, we're just a band. What's the value of that? It goes to this great Star Wars idea that I think sometimes is underlined in the films. Um, but I would be happy to see uh, underlined in, in all kinds of story, Star Wars storytelling is that uh, joy is what we're fighting for. Like so often uh, the big stories are about the struggle to restore freedom, peace, uh, you know, safety, uh, uh, joy, family. Mm -hmm. But because of the, the way that we tell like big stories, it's sometimes like we get like a little pinch at the end of like, and because the, we won, we can dance with Ewoks now. <laughs> <laughs> But the point is, we won so we can dance with Ewoks all the time, right? So we can have, uh, I'm being a little facetious, but the point is, the, the value of, of freedom and in, in family in, in, is joy, right? And that's what this band is, is providing, this image that the lightsaber is a, is a beacon of, of hope. And, instead, and it doesn't work as a lightsaber anymore, so I'm going to use it in a different way to spread joy, you know, like, it's just like, it's, there's more than one way to fight for the light side. That was what I was left with. I hundred percent. And you, again, who you are is, is, is enough, a uh, real powerful stuff there. They, we haven't even been discussed, you know, uh, too much that I'm sure Palpatine really probably shut down concerts and fun and joy, no dancing in Palpatine's empire. So uh, this is what you're fighting for. This is the thing. And I said up top of like music or a song as a, as a weapon, that's something I'm specifically referring to in, in Robotech, uh, the character of Lin-Man May, her singing uh, frightens the enemies, right? Uh, frightens the Zentradi, uh, singing about love and connection. And it's, it's, a, it's a female. They, don't even, they, you know, they divide up uh, uh, the Zentradi are, are segregated within their own ranks. And so it's just like they're, they don't make connections. They're a war machine and just how music cuts through that. And a lot of that I found, I think, I think found its way into this episode too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so weird to see this and go, well, this is a joyful, beautiful thing when what it really is is a performer's stress dream of like your show has to be good or else or truly yeah. or else.
Yeah. And just, uh, you know, one of my favorite shots ever in Star Wars, I'm going to say now, is uh, Jabba lightly tapping his tail. Yep. That's a perfect segue to the final thing I wanted to talk about uh, in Tatooine Rhapsody. Are there uh, any favorite moments you wanted to mention? S- a small one, a uh, great Saturday Night Live, Tom Hanks, Wayne's World sketch reference of testing, testing, one, two, siblings, siblings. Love that. Uh, but uh, my favorite moment, uh, I'm going to use this at some point in my life when I'm about to get into a street fight. Geezer saying, let's rock them. Um, that's <laughs> the best. Just flames shooting out of his guitar. And how do you fight Boba Fett and the bounty hunters? You rock them. You rock them. You got to rock that Boba Fett. Uh, I really like the lines. It was a great riff on a, on a much used Star Wars line when one character says punch it. And another character, I, I forgot to write down who says, I punched it already. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great little Star Wars subversion. And yeah. then, yeah, no, I mean, I absolutely loved how much this one loves Star Wars. I loved the shots of the cantina, people hearing the music there. I love seeing uh, the backup singer, dancers. Uh, from Jabba's Palace, Greta, Lin Mi, Raistal Sant. And then I love that in, in this whole montage of all these places on Tatooine where people were discovering this joyous music, there's just a shot of Obi-Wan's hut. I'm like, <laughs> is there anyone living there? Is it just like even Obi-Wan's hut yeah. <laughs> is enjoying yeah. the song? Well, yeah, there was smoke coming out. So if this, we don't know the, I, I in my head, choose to believe Kenobi was rocking out. You know, you are right. You are exactly right. I was getting uh, muddled on my timeline, but you're right. If this uh, kid just survived Order 66 relatively recently, yeah, Obi-Wan's enjoying a tune in there. <laughs> That's you know, awesome. You know, he's going to head on down. Wu Hair was there. He's going to go get a drink and talk about the new band. Yeah. Oh. Man, that's this is so great. A subtle Kenobi appearance. I missed. <laughs> I focused too much on the hut and not on the human inside. Uh, with that, we're going to uh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just laughing and also just the image of uh, this is this is how I want Kenobi the series to start. We pick up right after this moment. <laughs> it becomes canon yeah. <laughs> that he's listening to music. Uh, with that, we are going to take a quick break and we're going to be back to discuss the other two short films from the first half of Star Wars Visions. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. 
no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 <laughs> And we are back to continue our discussion of the first four episodes, short films of Star Wars Visions. We're going to dive right into the third short film entitled The Twins. This one was created by the animation studio Trigger. Ken, what was your big reaction to this episode? Like it? Love it? Struggle with it? Uh, dance to it? Uh, what was your reaction? <laughs> it needed some rock music. No, I, um, I really overall like this one. I think this one has... For me, well, Ronan, I'm I'm really looking forward to continuing that story in a novel. I, I really am. I want to be clear about that. But this one had the most talk about tip of the iceberg storytelling. I, I wanted I wanted to follow the trail uh, to where this was going to take us. Uh, I think they, you know, I said earlier, like I don't know how much I'm going to rewatch these episodes. But I got to tell you, if they do a Visions two and we're going to get a sequel to the Twins, I'm I'm on board. I really just love the overall idea behind this of two twins. Uh, 
born, created in darkness, created in the dark side and, and where they went from there. So overall, a uh, real fun action, real fun look too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really enjoyed this one as well. Um, I, I really liked that it grabbed this one very big Star Wars idea and just went all in on this idea of duality, right? And and this was the one where it felt like, um, it would talk about style, but it was very anime of like, this is the way we express ourselves. Things become very large. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, in, in every way from delivery to uh, to technology. Like, so in some ways it's the it was one that was like, we are doing our storytelling style, but it was also so, you know, you can't watch that beginning without it, you know, really reminding you of like, this is a Luke Leia thing. This is a, a Ray Ben thing. This is twins. This is dyads. This is two are one. What is that? What does it mean? What, what does duality mean to be, you know, intimately familiar, deeply connected, but also ultimately different, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a human level or, or even is just really, you know, evoking the nature of the force itself, that the light side and the dark side must stay in balance. That's a, you know, (laughs) a great cosmic dyad, two that must be one, but how do you keep them in balance? And it was so wrestling with all of those uh, big picture ideas, but doing it in a very loud, proud anime way. It was very loud. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, there was a couple of moments like this is yep. We are we're we're doing a lot of screaming and shouting, and there's a lot of electric <laughs> lightning bolts just uh, shooting into people. Um, <laughs> and that sometimes doesn't pull me in as much. And and uh, uh, and I think you're right to say it's it, it's it's like hey, this is the style. This is what it is. But that said, I, I really this one had the this looked the most poster worthy. You know, what I mean, some of the shots. Uh, there's beautiful ones all throughout for these four that we've seen so far, but these are some of the shots from the trailer that we were like, "Oh, look at that little uh, classic design, maybe even a little Macquarie influenced in a weird way." And then it's like I could see some of these hanging on a wall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I really enjoyed the animation style because it was so uh, what I think of often of uh, of anime um, that it has these contrasts, these duality from these like smaller, quiet moments to just huge huge explosion biggest of the big things um you know i loved the the lightning going between them um i love the the slightly uh you know calmer image of the those three stun bolts being stopped in the air that was really cool but when it really built to like sort of the logical conclusion of bigness Mm -hmm. (laughs) that the lightsaber was ginormous and then it was a lightsaber uh jumping into hyperspace and something that huge that just mammoth in star wars Mm -hmm. uh could very precisely cut the small part of the armor needed is like that's (laughs) that's what i'm here for that's the stuff that like that's a perfect example of right if Mm. in uh on screen modern canon star wars if you had a, a, a force user who made their lightsaber huge mm-hmm. <laughs> and was standing on the front of a ship that was moving into hyperspace and then they cut a tiny piece of armor, people would lose their mind. But it makes 100% sense in this storytelling tradition. Yeah, let's not forget Forces of Destiny was kind of positioned as canon or canon adjacent at worst. And people were very upset about how much BB-8 appeared to not weigh. <laughs> in that theory. Like there was some real, uh, you know, tough uh, discourse going on around that. Right. Uh, so this does not, is it's not, it's not, not burdened by that. It just isn't burdened by that. And you can go anywhere. And this one did have, again, with some, when I say this, those poster worthy sh- shots of 
them standing opposite and the lightning bolts going, uh, you know, uh, at each other, which is, is reminded me a ton of Rise of Skywalker, the shot of the, the X-Wing on, on, you know, a twin sun planet. Beautiful stuff, but just not bound to anything I'd known or seen before. And therefore, I was immediately pulled into this world. And the idea where the, bro- the brother at one point says, yeah, I'm going to take it to a galaxy far, far away. Hey, on one hand, that's a fun little line and a wink and a nod. Other time, <laughs> the other part of my brain was like, oh, maybe maybe this is a prequel to Star Wars. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he takes the power of the crystal to that galaxy. And, you know, and, and I, I just had fun with that. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, the music in this one is a little bit more uh, kind of traditional orchestral Star Wars vibe, right? Yeah, there was a couple of times I I, I really had the, a New Hope feel to it, the run around the Death Star, that type of vibe. Yeah, yeah. So that's an interesting uh, and fun contrast as well. Um, what kind of big Star Wars ideas or themes did this one spark for you? A lot of things we can dive into. The one that jumped out more than anything uh, was this idea of the dark side takes all from you. It destroys. It's not a giver of life and you can't uh, grow from it. The light side, uh, the light side of the force, the decisions that flow into following the path or trying to follow the path of light side usually are about growth and help for others and and those kind of things and how the dark side so clearly isn't. And to watch um, the sister was M I believe. Um, Yeah. Just be even, even, be destroyed or, or, you know, the, the pain she was experiencing. And that was kind of part of the plan. Like the droids like, yes. Oh my gosh. Great. You are, you are sacrificing. Ah, just so happy to watch you sacrifice your entire being towards the power of the dark side. Like I just, that really jumped out to me about just, this is what it's uh, the big lessons are about the light and the dark and the dark destroying and starting with you. Yeah. And that, that whole idea that everything is about destruction. Uh, I, I am, I exist to destroy others and in the process I'll probably destroy myself and that's fine. That's the way of things. That is the right. way of the dark side. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's a great pull. Uh, I think the, the part where this really came into focus for me is, is when they were having a little bit of a, a debate uh, as uh, the brother Kare, I believe was trying to save Am. And it, it came into focus, this idea that Star Wars wrestles with a lot of uh, fate versus choice. You know, mm-hmm. are you locked into something that you must do or can you choose? And like the way you and I talk about a lot of the, the Skywalker saga in particular is, well, you know, Luke isn't destined to do, you know, he doesn't absolutely have to do these things. It's that life is going to lead him that way. He has power. He has a relationship to Vader he's eventually going to be forced to, to make a choice. You know, his, mm. his identity, his reality is going to lead him to this place of choice. So uh, that's one of the ways that you and I like to talk about how, how fate and choice are balanced uh, in Star Wars. Other people have, have different takes and that's great. But what I really loved here is that they kind of articulate this, this battle between them, right? Of um, Am is obsessed with fulfilling her and their purpose, right? Of just saying like, yeah. we were born slash created to bring order uh, through power, uh, even if it means giving up our lives. Like uh, we have a purpose and it's to do this and we absolutely should not deviate from our purpose. And then uh, Kare makes this fascinating counter argument that, well, that might've been the intent of whoever, you know, made us, created us. But the second that we were born, we had choice. I think he actually just says living is choice. Mm-hmm. So that like, hey, it, it doesn't matter if somebody created us with purpose. As soon as we exist, their their purpose is messed with because mm-hmm. the definition of being alive is having choice. 
And like that was just that was really fascinating and interesting yeah. to be mixed in with giant lightsabers and holdo maneuvers. <laughs> oh yeah, which uh, so yes, we can talk about that in a second. I love that. Yeah, no, I you know, getting down to the core of uh, of Star Wars. We always talk about choice and, and destiny taking your choice and, and just playing with that. And I just I was I was fascinated with this concept more than any of the other ones we've watched so far. Um, uh, I, this is one of the ones, uh, you know, saying carefully, I would, you give me a star Wars film that starts with two quote unquote, bad characters, two villains born in darkness. And then they split from there, almost like a reversal of some of the things we've seen before. Um, but just being that just jet, just bold, they are dark side, they're dark side. And, and now they are apart. One has made a choice and the others, the, the, in this case, the brother still believing that uh, the sister could be saved. Like, I just, I don't know, something about it, I really gravitated towards that. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I like that it ended, you know, in a very good Star Wars tradition with that moment of hope where, yeah. where Kari has has new purpose, right? That he doesn't he doesn't want his sister destroyed uh, for this purpose. Uh, and then he's off to find what his new purpose is because it's yeah. it, it isn't about this, like, I know exactly what I'm for. It's more this idea of, like, I get to choose. And I don't know what I'm going to choose. So for now, I'm going to park my X-Wing in a real cool way and think about it. Open road. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any just favorite uh, small moments or details that you wanted to to throw out there? The the the, the stuff with the stormtroopers just kind of, you know, begging, like, please, please, please help. Please, please listen to us. <laughs> and then uh, a lot of these episodes so far have a lot of frozen uh, laser bolts or stun gun blasts in place. But I'm I'm okay with all of them. Uh, thanks uh, to Fourth Awakens for introducing that to a lot of us there. I, I really like that shot you were talking about earlier with the, the stun, uh, the three stun bolts being um, frozen. Like that, like the big stuff, and, and really did like that. And we had talked about that in the, the trailer or the art that was released before. But that X-wing on the Twin Suns plant, like I thought, I, I thought they lived there. But now looking at, it, they could still live. They could camp out there for quite a while. Uh, it's a beautiful shot. I'd hang that on my wall, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and the the duality of the uh, the the R2 and 3PO like uh, R duo in B2ON. So right. again, really being clear that duality is what it's about. The, that was fun. Um I really like that idea um just kind of the world building of this one that they're wearing this dark armor that's like kind of tech kind of their power. Yeah. Uh, that they they will funnel their power through the dark armor and that the the big weapon uh is needs of the the Gemini star destroyer. Mm-hmm. Uh needs to be funneled through them personally. That was, yeah. you know, a cool world building detail that I really liked. Um, yeah. For the action moment, it's a, I had to rewind. Uh, it, it, it looked to me at one moment when, when they're fighting and when uh, Am is jumping away, that some sort of dark energy shot out of her heel, <laughs> which is just like beautiful, bold, over the top. Yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of heel action, actually, in these uh, four so far. Yeah, and then in terms of, again, not an anime expert, but from the anime that I have watched, uh, this one had, like, one of my favorite, like, that is, that's an anime line of uh, Am yelling, must I remind you the purpose of your birth? <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, shout out to Alison Brie on the English cast side, uh, handling this and handling it well. We have six seasons in a movie here for twins. Love that. Yeah, yeah, and also just for, for clarity, that that's the screeners that we were provided. I'm, I'm probably going to watch it uh, both ways eventually. Yes, yeah. Yeah, but that, that was one of the lines that jumped out to me of like, uh, I could use that in day-to-day life. Yeah. <laughs> I can yell that at myself when I make a mistake. Must I remind you of the purpose of your birth self? 
All right. Any other thoughts on this one before we move on? No, this one's uh, this one's in a way for me, which is weird. Again, Tattooed Rhapsody is truly my favorite of the bunch so far. This one, though, is the most wild. Like, it's loud. It's its its own rock show like we've been talking about. But it's the most out there and, and pushed to the limits in the best way. And I did enjoy that a lot. Yeah, me too. Oh, very well said. So with that, we will move on to the final one we're discussing uh, this week is episode four, short film four, uh, The Village Bride by the animation studio uh, Cinema Citrus, or uh, Kinema, it's uh, it's cinema with a K. Um, what was your reaction to this episode? Like it, love it, struggle with it? How many times have you watched this one? Uh, a couple times now. Uh, I, I really like it. It, it coming, The placement of it, coming out of this big, loud rock show of the twins episode, this one uh, took me a second to figure out what was going on. It's the one that reminds me most actually directly some of the, the designs of the faces, the characters, uh, uh, character design really syncs up with the stuff. I again, I keep referencing Robotech because that's really my only reference, even though I'm very familiar with some of the other things and less airbender. And, you know, anytime you hang around Andres Cabrera for one, two minutes, he's going to ask you if you watched any anime yet. And then it's a great <laughs> conversation. I respect the passion of those that love it. But this one reminded me of some of the, even the characters I've seen in Robotech. And that's just, as for an 80s American kid, it's just fun for me. I was having a good time enjoying that. But that said, this episode took a little while for me uh, to, to, to grow to as the story unfolded. But I loved everything about it. I love what's there. Um, it is. It has the least direct Star Wars designs for me. Some of the characters, the outfit, just the plain outfits. Like the, 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 the Village Bride sisters, she's wearing a cool pair of shorts. We don't see that in Star Wars a lot. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I just was like, it was it was its own thing to me. And then they brought in some wonderful stuff. And then when it worked, so jumping ahead, like when a um, main character here, F, right? Um, uh, I believe that's that's what I have yeah. from the credits uh, is I believe F is the the Jedi, the but, reluctant Jedi. They're talking about all those things. When she says the force, you know, the force will be with you. When she actually says that line, I was moved. Because they, they, it was like they brought in something. Oh, not just that I know that, but just it really brought it all home and tied it up for me. So I, I really did like this one and want to live with this one a little bit more too. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, for me, uh, I really loved this one. This one, uh, like when I watched the duel, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Really enjoyed both of the other two. Uh, but then this one was a, a notch up for me. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, when I say that, it isn't about which one is better it is about which one speaks to me right yeah uh and this one like the duel just i think really hit the sweet spot of of what i love most in star wars of these uh kind of rich complex ideas in a lot of in a ton of kind of exciting and interesting and uh fun strange visuals um i just i loved how deep and complex and rewarding the backstory and the world building was and i loved that it um absolutely took its time and had patience and trust the audience to we're going to deliver this information here we're going to deliver this information here and eventually the picture is going to become as clear as we want it to in terms of what's happening on the the planet that you know the engine of that actual plot becomes very clear exactly the past of the the reluctant jedi not entirely clear uh the other uh character i believe valco is uh the character that i'd referred to previously as helmet guy <laughs> exactly what their relationship is open to uh, some amount of in interpretation pick of the uh, uh, tip of the iceberg <laughs> yeah. storytelling you know so i just i really love that um and uh, i just really love that ultimately for me uh this one felt like it was so about 
place. It was about the traditions of the planet. So that was a big part of it. But then it was also just big picture. This is a story about a a Jedi trying to find their way back to the path Mm -hmm. that they need to be on. And that is just my sweet spot of Star Mm -hmm. Wars stuff, you know? Yeah, wonderful themes uh, all throughout that we'll discuss. But I, I, uh, I loved hearing that here, and I, I love this one too. I, I, their, their relationship uh, was like wasn't quite master and apprentice. Uh, Padawan and Jedi, it just was. It was the fact that he stays around on the planet too, like, and he has kind of a wry sense of humor to him at times. I really liked the, their interplay. Yeah, I really liked him. Really liked their interplay, and I, I just I really like that in Star Wars. Like, is that her dad, her uncle? Is that a mentor she used to have? Is that a guy she used to adventure with? It's clearly somebody who knew her and had strong opinions about her path. You know? Yeah. And I just I love it being a little a little open ended. Unless I miss something or there's a press release and everybody's like, yeah, no, of course he's her father. <laughs> we all we all read that. Maybe uh, I, I'm sure I will find out if that's the case. Let's move on to uh, animation style. How did you feel? You talked a little bit about this one, yeah. uh, how this one felt to you, but but uh, take me a little deeper into what animation style meant to you. This one was, uh, again, one, one of the ones of what I was maybe expecting it to be when this was announced from my, my limited knowledge of, of what I was going to be watching. Um, therefore, so it was actually the most comforting for me. And because it did seem at times the most different from Star Wars and the Star Wars I know, uh, I was able to see this one almost as its own film and its own, like you could have told if, if you took out the force and maybe changed the lightsaber a little bit, which by the way, I love the lightsaber design in this one. Yeah. Uh, the yellow kind of samurai uh, katana kind of classic blade, wherever you will. I'm not a trained sword fighter. Um, this one stood out for uh, as its own, right? You could have, you could have said this is a whole new series nothing from Star Wars related and I'd be probably on board and I'd be telling Andres Cabrera, Hey, I watched it automated. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I get you. I think it, it emphasizes Star Wars ideas over, Mm -hmm. um, design and pacing. Like there's definitely some stuff there. Oh yeah. Um, that is very, very Star Wars including, uh, like Mayo from the, the cantina. Um, uh, or what is it? Gore Koresh from Mandalorian. Um, and it, it's straight up B1 battle droids. Like there's definitely oh, yeah. some stuff from Star Wars here, right? But particularly at the beginning, um, like uh, I think watching the twins in, in the Village Bride back to back, I mean, watch them all back to back, but mm. the twins really explicitly take some like, those are Star Destroyers, period, but they're together. He's got a lightsaber. That's an X-Wing, right? Yeah. Um, and it's all this great, uh, uh, you know, all in style. Uh, but the way this one starts in, in even even uh, the twins having a little bit more sort of traditionally orchestral cinematic type Star Wars mu- music, that this one's got different music. Mm-hmm. It's got a different pace. It's got a different style. Like just the actual, uh, the language of cinema that it uses. It immediately early on uses a bunch of shots that are not very typical for Star Wars. Yeah. And just kind of really slowly emotionally telling the story in, in this different kind of style and pacing and cinema language uh, that made it feel different from Star Wars. Uh, but then also some of the stuff in here is like the most Star Wars to me. The the one in particular that I really wanted to, sh- to shout out is uh, that early kind of establishing shot of, uh, of Velko, of helmet guy, just in that weird helmet, yeah. <laughs> uh, holding up a device in trees, just appearing to scan the land with odd tech. I just, I, I, that was in the trailer. And that was one of these shots that I was most obsessed with. And it did not lose its power mm. in context. Uh, it's 
this one is almost a challenge for me to put into words. Mm. There is something so Star Wars about that because it's got that contrast of nature and tech and the fact that he's got the weird helmet and you don't know, is like, is that a robot? <laughs> right. Is that a bounty hunter? Is that a guy? What's under there? Is he ever going to take it off? What? What's that tech? What's he scanning for? Like, there's something about all those invitations of questions in the aesthetic that is like the heart of Star Wars to me. Like, you know, seeing that shot reminded me of the way I felt when I first saw that first shot of BB-8 just rolling. Like, yeah, that looks Star Wars, but I don't know who that little guy is. I don't know what he's doing. Is he running from something or to something? I don't know, but that's Star Wars. That's the way I feel when I, when I see that shot of Valko scanning the trees. That's great. That's a great way to start. No, there's a lot, lot, a lot of that. The music, I put a note of the music as well. It was so, so its own thing. But then just because you're, you're playing with these themes and you're in a Star Wars state of mind, it's so funny, and this this works a little bit of a Mandalorian for me with with uh, Ludwig's music there. Of, of it just it's like something you've never heard before, but you're like, yeah, that's totally Star Wars. This the music there, there was uh, some like uh, some vocals from the choir singing there. It just was. I want to know more about that music alone more than any of the other episodes, other than the the rock song itself. <laughs> that's Wayne Rhapsody. This music uh, was uh, the best so far. Which again, we're not ranking things, but it's the one that pulled me in. And I connected with the most. Yeah, it's really, really uh, good, powerful music. Uh, and speaking of big and powerful, let's talk about the big Star Wars uh, ideas and themes. What jumped out to you? Well, the sacrifice comes into play a lot here, but also beyond, beyond that or behind that, a deeper than sacrifice is, is that some sort of action and and this wonderful theme of action. You talked about a, a Jedi trying to get back on the path, and and often that is. It's one of the, the things you love diving into, too, Joseph. Listen, uh, I'm wrong there. Just like when is the right time to take action and what kind of action and and what could be bad and what could be what, what can lead to more problems and 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 and, and just the sister standing up and be like, we're ready to fight. Um, that's the spirit of the rebellion right there and the, the rebellion that we know as Star Wars fans. So that was all there. And then just this wonderful kind of a lot of themes of this kind of living felt connection with nature. Yeah. Yeah. And I think those were like the big ideas and they're really, really powerful to me. And, and yeah, absolutely in the sweet spot of, of star Wars. And, and again, much like the duel, this sense that it is taking place, um, sort of, uh, there, there has been a big war and now there's these lingering horrors. Right. Yeah. And that's, then it's really down to these damaged warriors to choose how they're going to respond to that. Um, so within that, I think we get this great, great story of just mm -hmm. the cost of war, right? Totally. Um, this is explicitly really dealing with a lot of ideas are everywhere, but, but dealing with some, some prequel early empire ideas to relate it to major canon star Wars of just the cost of war being literally a ravaged planet. Like this is, a culture that is deeply tied to the planet that is a part of their wedding tradition tries to see the memories of the planet. Mm. And it just makes you feel that like the, the cost of, of war, this picture of the dark side, that's about ravaging resources and leaving planets, not only taking what, what is maybe not rightfully theirs, what isn't rightfully there, but leaving nothing but destruction in their wake in this greed of just taking what they want. Mm. Um, you know, it's not the empire in this, uh, situation. It's, uh, these, uh, bandits who've repurposed the, mm -hmm. the, the separatist droids. Um, so you got all this sort of cost of war from the planet and from the culture's perspective, but then we also see it in the Jedi of, you know, don't know exactly what happened, but we really get that sense with that flash of that red blade that mm. that 
she lost people close to her and you know classic star wars stuff of she's got a scar and she's not really dealing with it she's masking it literally right yeah and, and you get that vibe that that velco knows that the you can't be wearing that mask you're you're holding yourself back because you know you're you're paying the you're paying the cost of war it, you know it's not your your face that's a problem it's your soul you know yeah yeah he has that great line that's all that war is nothing but loss and as you always say, this is the Star Wars series that talks about <laughs> war being bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then, in, in he's really you know positioned is is the wise mentor. So mm -hmm. it gets into this whole great justice for Jedi thing of like you, you get to that point where you just kind of want to shake your head and say, yeah, war is bad. So um, our yeah. Jedi is right not to get involved, and this couple uh, who are bravely sacrificing themselves to protect the elder. Yep, great. And then it swings back into this other Star Wars um, perspective that, that you know, of when to fight and when not to and when action is necessary and what kind of actions will continue a cycle of violence and, and when is it standing up to defend uh, someone or something, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. I um, And, and Mike, did Valco... I forgot to put this, the, the the titles up. Did he, at one point was he says something about like I, I you know I'm not I'm paraphrasing, but I mean I can't lie. I don't agree with all the things about your order there, right? Like there's there's something yeah about that. I thought that was really interesting because it's still that to me goes down to the core of what this all is. And you talk about justice for the Jedi and how we're we're always saying no, the Jedi the intention was good, just everything got they put everything on top of it and going to the core of things is big with me as a, as a Star Wars. Uh, viewer where I love just throwing it all off and from the core and here you got sacrifice action the right kind of action uh um this kind of village rebellion if you were I love that comment where it was just like yeah you know I don't agree with everything going on over there on your side yeah yeah no I think uh, I'm paraphrasing because I can't find my note but he says like I don't uh, I don't care about your code so why should I pretend to yeah 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 and it really has a sense of this is an argument they've had before. And for me running it down, you know, um, I, I have to watch it again. And I want to watch it again is uh, almost this idea that whatever trauma she went through in, in the war, whatever loss that she had, she some part of the code said, well, then now you, you don't get involved anymore. Yes. Because that seems to be what he's pushing for. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and it does. It goes to that. Like, do, do you follow the the rules of the code or do you fall, you know, reattach to the spirit of why you have, you have made this choice, you know? Right. Um, which, which really to me dives into this, uh, other just really big idea of, uh, the force, uh, just as nature that yes. the force is, you know, it is, it, as Yoda says, you know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's in us. It, it is what we are made of. It is between the rock and the tree. You know, it is, it, it just is everything. Um, so that idea is so celebrated by seeing this culture that is utterly connected to the planet, right? So it's a, a culture that is, um, invested in, uh, uh, this idea of nature being the force and it, it great gets into great prequel, uh, you know, a symbiont circle. We're all connected. And when she, when the Jedi does finally act at the end, to me, all that stuff made it feel like she is standing up for these villagers, of course, but almost more like standing up for nature and the planet and therefore like the force itself like what you guys are doing <laughs> is an affront to the planet to nature therefore the force itself i'm standing up for all of these things in one yeah and it's just a beautiful reminder of, of, of the, the folks in the village willing to do that as well and that, that, that this this part of part of what maybe drove her forward is 
It's powerful, and, and uh, the use of the the use of the mask and the scar coming off, and just uh, a Jedi getting back on the path. You're right. That's a that's a good powerful thing. Yeah, and just uh, this, the I, re- I was really uh, affected by her her speech, uh, saying you can't change the river's flow by casting a stone, but live in harmony with nature, and you'll change together. Yeah. Uh, the people of this world know that well. You know, the breath of life becomes wind, and will always respond. And like to me, that's like just really about like her setting aside her wounds, her baggage, and really getting in touch with the the force, the you know, the her her vision of a higher power. And it is, you know, kind of calling her to act in this moment, right? That's not her saying, like, I'm gonna go out and I heard there's some bad things going on, so I'm gonna go out and fight a war. It's just like mm-hmm. right now, the path of the river, <laughs> the yeah. path of the wind is directing you to take action and defend these people. So don't fight it. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, going to the core of that stuff and, and the beautiful use of, of nature, water, there's, there's a little bit of uh, cleansing at the end for her. Uh, this, her own kind of redemption story. We talked about the one up top with uh, the Ronin. Uh, now this is, uh, this is hers and a great character design too. small note too, but I just loved everything about that character. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for letting me lose my mind a little bit on this one because it's it's a it's a favorite. Um, yeah. Any other little moments that you wanted to discuss about the Village Bride? Well, well, up top I said you know this one in terms of just design was maybe the least Star Wars like the music, um, but again the lightsaber was a wonderful design, like I said. Um, but then you mentioned the battle droids, and I, I wanted to highlight that great battle droid humor. You have Matthew Wood back, and they didn't change anything, and I absolutely love that. I took that as a comment on the wonderful craziness of the prequels in their designs, just how creative and inventive and outside the box they were uh, back in uh, 99, 2002, and 2005, that we could just take the battle droids, drop them right in the middle of this uh, thing that looks to maybe the least like Star Wars to me of the four I've watched so far. But it was like, no, no, no. But the battle droids, 100%. That's what they are. <laughs> yeah. And there's so many good little battle droid moments uh, oh. when uh, Valko throws his helmet and they all look up together and go, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, this this one was so its own thing. But also, like, that's just straight out of the Clone Wars animated series, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another just uh, fun moment. Mentioned some of the big moments. But a fun moment for me, just visually, uh there's so much uh, great weight with Star Wars with uh, what do masks mean? Uh, you know, what is what is being expressed or what is being contained by them? So to see this uh, this reluctant Jedi uh, with that mask being handed a drink by a friendly server. And, you know, she seems kind of surprised. And Velka's like, no, this is their tradition. They welcome everyone. And <laughs> this very friendly server handing her a drink in just the Im- immediate visual sort of image of she is restricting herself from the basic, you know, yeah. joys of being human and being social. Yeah. Yeah. Drink at a party. Come on. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> Kenobi would be like, no, no, take the drink. Yeah. You'd have to turn Kenobi away. Yeah. From that server. Uh, I, th- I think it's the server who also says this drink isn't strong enough, which is a fun <laughs> line. Uh, yeah. Final big moment for me is just, the, you know, we, we've already mentioned it, but just like for me, the way all these ideas funneled together to that moment of action where she ignites that, that blade and that great moment of pure Jedi defense, uh, stopping the bolt, and then every all all hands all eyes turn to her, uh, and that classic Jedi moment combined with the different design of that cool thin blade is that that was just a perfect mix of new and old for me. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I want that. Des- I want that lightsaber available. 
somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about that then as we close out. That's our big look at the uh, first four episodes. We'll dig into the uh, the five remaining episodes, but sometimes when we're doing big reviews, so we can get into the depth, so we want to make sure that we take a step back and really enjoy the fun and the thrill and the joy as well. And for me, that means action figures. So, Ken, if you could have any merch of any kind inspired by these episodes, uh, what do you want? Yeah, I, I, I tipped my hand a little bit there, but you go back to Tatooine, Tatooine Rhapsody. Give me every one of those characters, especially the band, released in some kind of, uh, um, not not the regular size Funko Pop ones, but like kind of the mini ones that are, are posable. Give me some some oversized heads. Give me a giant geezer with a bass guitar. When geezer drops to his back and is playing the bass guitar and just pops back up, hey, it's just so silly, but I just loved everything about it. So I want to collect uh, Tatooine Rhapsody figures. And then, like I said, give me some of these lightsaber designs at Galaxy's Edge. I'll go build. I'll even build an umbrella lightsaber. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that is a very good choice. I, I think uh, for me, I always go to action figures. Uh, my my first love, of course, is the three and three quarters. So I would love a three and three quarter of the, the Ronin. And then uh, the the Jedi from uh, from the Village Bride, um, and then for non action figure things, you know, I feel bad leaving out one of the best things that you can buy in Star Wars merch, which is bed sheets. Uh, <laughs> I think I want some really wild bed sheets uh, that have images of of all these characters. You know, I want to uh, wake up seeing that uh, Trandoshan from the the yeah. village staring at me, yeah. or from the duel. <laughs> yeah, uh, they have the Tuscan Raider there too, doing the doing, doing the classic oh, stream yeah do that yeah already. yeah and he just giant giant lightsaber uh <laughs> yeah. from the twins that takes up half of the the bed sheet yeah. um final thing for me is just because it's so great to see it uh, a cool lightsaber that we could use practically do you want lightsaber microphones to podcast on ken absolutely i can't believe we haven't had i have lightsaber uh a knife fork and spoon set so why don't i have a microphone <laughs> exactly we have so many lightsaber things Please let us talk into one. That's all we want. Uh, all right. Any closing thoughts on these uh, first uh, few short films of uh, Star Wars Visions? Now, this is just, it's been a remarkable journey. Like I said, a big win for just what they're trying to do here. Uh, uh, influences, uh, paying, uh, looking back, looking forward, and, and this uh, this uh, circle now complete, like you said earlier. Really loved it. And, and I'm having fun as, as a... As a Star Wars fan, who I'm, I'm not a super, super canon junkie that I'm worried about it too much, but sometimes I find myself less emotionally invested if I know, eh, I don't know, it doesn't really count. And I I love that I turned this on and I didn't have to deal with that. I didn't have to play with that. I just got to enjoy what was there. And there's some wonderful depths and there's some crazy stuff we haven't seen before. And I'm really enjoying the experience. I can't wait to uh, click play in the next five. Yeah, me too. And and I will just echo what you're saying of I love everything that we get to speculate on uh, and enjoy when it comes to, you know, modern canon Star Wars. But when all of those things are removed, when you're you're not wondering what's going to happen next, you're not wondering how it's going to line up, you're not, you know, wondering who else is going to appear, it makes it so our conversations like you and I just had are about the big ideas. Yeah. And the style and the aesthetic and it, it with some of that conversation that we're really used to having, particularly in modern star Wars stripped away, we really get to talk about the core of star Wars. So uh, talking about these uh, things that are not Canon mm-hmm. <laughs> directs us to really talk about what we truly love in star Wars and why. Yeah. And I hope, you know, at the time of this recording um, it's not released to general public time of the release. We'll have, we'll know kind of the general opinions I am hopeful that uh, this will help 
a lot of Star Wars fans uh, connect with those cores and and why uh, we keep uh, hammering on them, <laughs> not the fans, <laughs> the core, the core themes in Star Wars and why they're powerful and, and work for us as fans. Yeah, core themes and the things that just make you go, oh, that's cool. I want one of those. Like a bass playing hut. <laughs> like a bass playing hut or a lightsaber umbrella of death. Yeah. <laughs> I want one of those. Well, that's it, Ken. Uh, do you want to let people know where they can find us? Absolutely. We're on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of different spots. Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Uh, we touched on it Tuesday. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. If you're listening on Apple, we know most of you do. Uh, recent bugs with Apple have made sometimes uh, some users are experiencing automatic downloads being turned off and catalogs of Force Center episodes being deleted. Uh, there's some updates to fix that bug from Apple. Check on that if it's affected you. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. And uh, support uh, our own adventures by going uh, to our websites like mine, Ken Napsack, or just uh, follow me at Ken Napsack. Uh, you can go to KenNapsack.com, get information about uh, other things we're doing, comedy shows in New York. I think San Francisco is coming soon. D.C. coming soon. Stand by for that. I also have a Kickstarter going with the fine folks at uh, GPA. Uh, just search on Kickstarter for Futility, the Actual Game of Living. Joseph. Yeah, you can find me on all the social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And if you want to check out my other comedy adventures, my podcast, Obsessed, uh, shows I've written for, past comedy albums, uh, that book I wrote uh, several years ago now, that's all on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Geezer the Hut, this has been Four Center. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.